Hello and welcome to the next episode of Bonzo Stuff Podcast. It's me, Scott Martin from Bonzo Matsu. Um, welcome back. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you also for getting in touch in between last episode and, and this episode. It's been really, really nice to hear from people and, and it's, uh, it, as I say, it's always encouraging. Um, I wanted to start with what I finished last time. You know, have I finished repotting my pines? Yes. I have finally finished repotting for the year, which is well for this season anyway. So all the deciduous done, and got into all the evergreens and pines, and they're all done too. So it's party time. Put my feet up, kick back, do nothing. Well, not really, because we're about on the or on the eve or the cusp of spring starting, and the trees have already started to open. I was mentioning to someone just the other day that I've already started, uh, but. Well, pinching out my uh, my Japanese maples because a few of those seem to have opened a lot earlier than than most of the other other trees. We've also got that time of year where we get sunny, windy days here in Melbourne, Australia, and that night we can still get the very cold nights with the frost. So I've got retractable shade cloth above a part of my setup where I put a few of the the more delicate plants and the ones that maybe open a little bit earlier or that have been repotted and need a bit more TLC. So first thing in the morning, go back, draw them back, let the sun come in, let the air circulation come in, let the trees start to push a little bit. Later that night, as weather, as the temperature starts to drop down and starts to get a little bit colder, head out there, draw the shade cloth over, rinse, repeat, over and over and over every day. So we hopefully get to the point where we start getting some warmer nights and we can and I can leave it open, which will be nice. I'm looking forward to it. And while I was um, while I was finishing my repotting, I, I always think about different things I can put on the podcast that are of interest to people and a, a little snippet of information that might sort of help or, or inspire or encourage or something like that along the way. And one of them was make sure you clean your tools. You know, it's really important that that you look after your tools because they're your they're your link between you and your your bonsai. So if, you, if your tools are rough and not maintained or not looked after, the cuts aren't clean, trees won't heal as quickly as what they should, therefore it's all those little one percenters that make the big difference at the end of the day. You look at someone's trees and they're amazing, it's the one percenters, it's the, the little things they do that you don't do. And, and maintaining and, and cleaning your tools, especially your repotting tools, which you may only use a couple of times throughout the year, and when you do use them, they're, they're flogged, but you need to make sure that when you finish working with them, they're nice and clean, they're sharpened, they've been oiled, they've been put away, not for now, but for next time. So when you go to repot your trees, you pull them out and they're ready to go. It's like any of your tools in your, in your kit. Having them sharp and ready to go means that you can get into whatever it is you want to do straight away. There's not half an hour of prep work, which is that you know may cause a hesitation for you going, oh, I've got to go out there and prune my trees, but I can't do it because I've got to go and clean my tools. You know what? I'll do it tomorrow. No, clean them now. Make sure they're ready to go. So when you do you do need them, they're on hand and, and ready to go. Also, I want to talk about repotting aftercare. Um, just before I push into the next um, the next episode of, of the podcast, because I was talking with someone the other day and you know talked to him about the need to protect the trees once they've been repotted and. And there was, you know, a forum somewhere, there was someone saying, oh, put them in full sun, do this, do that. Well, I just want to go through what I do. And I think that this is what I've been taught and, and works really well with me is that once you've repotted your trees, they just need a, a bit of protection from, from the wind. They need to make sure you, 
you need to make sure that they're secured into the to the vessel, whether it's a pot or whatever it is that you you put your, your trees onto. But they need protection because the trees are going to go through a, a slight stage of, of shock, then recuperate, catch their breath, and then start growing and pushing on. So it's that you know a couple of weeks, two to three weeks that they need to be sheltered and protected. For me, I keep them inside in my workshop, make sure that they can they can not have any issues with um, attempting to photosynthesize or to to uh, be be put into a position where they can be blown around and moved and and disturbed. So they can just sit still, catch their breath. And then I move them out into a protected area on the benches. And then once I start seeing solid growth and starting to move, then they get moved into a more open position. And by then, the frosts have gone, the weather seems to be settling down a little bit more into that spring growth, and everything's taking off. So um, that's that's what I do. I just want to reiterate that that's, um, that's where I sit with, with aftercare for repotting. I think the aftercare is almost more important than the, the repotting process itself. Making sure that your tree can recuperate and can get back on its its feet, so to speak, or start generating roots to support its foliage mass is really, really important. All right, so the next podcast, or this podcast, is um, I've, I've thought about it long and hard and thought, what can, I, what can I do? And I think it's important that with your bonsai that you always consider taking the next step. So no matter what stage your bonsai's at, it's, it's what's the next step and what do I do with it. And there's little things, you know, uh, something like branch taper is really important for the advancement of your tree. And, and having not just a trunk taper from thick at the base to thin at the apex, but having a branch which sort of starts thicker at the trunk and then tapers on down towards the tips as well is, is fundamental and it's sometimes overlooked by people that... They're focusing on ramification and and you know the, the trunk and the bark and the positioning and the pot and all that sort of stuff. But looking at the branches as well, you need to need to refine those so they're not um, you know they're not sausages going one consistent thickness right the way down the whole the whole length. Have them so they start thicker and then taper out towards the end of the branch as well. No matter how big or how small your tree is, it gives you that a, a, a nicer impression and a more mature outlook on your on your tree so when you're pruning this this summer for us uh, this spring for us when in australia when you're looking at your branches look at the taper of the branch as well and think is there somewhere better further down the branch back towards the trunk that you can cut and then regrow or redevelop that branch out further with a nicer taper on it so then it looks far more appealing and it is becomes a much much better Bit of bonsai. And I was reading a uh, reading a, a, a book the other day, and I came across a couple of things which I'll, I'll mention throughout the podcast. But one of them was um, in the world of nature, every day is a new day. So nothing and no one can remain in the same place, and that's really pertinent to bonsai because they're not static. It's it's one of the things I love, as I've mentioned many times before. They evolve, they they continue to develop. So. Taking the next step with your bonsai should be something that you have in mind every single time. You not not just work on the tree, but every single time that you walk past that tree and you have a look at it. Where's it going to go to next? How's this branch going to develop? How's the apex going to develop? What sort of pots are going to go into? It's always everything's a step. It's a it's a building block. You know the the Great Wall of China was built one brick at a time, and it's 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 a marvelous feat. It's amazing. Your bonsai should be exactly the same. 
one brick at a time. Every time you do something with that tree, it's just one little brick. It might not seem much, might seem insignificant at the time, but years and years and years down the track, and your joy and, and, and contentment when you look at that tree, knowing what you've done for it, you know, you should make the hair stand up on your arm and, and prickle come up the back of your neck and go, you know, I'm really proud because one brick at a time, you know, you see the branches start to taper out to a nicer point. Hopefully you think back to this podcast and go, that's right, I remember that, I heard that, and I focused on that for the last two years, and now look at the tree. It's really gone a lot further forward than what I thought was possible by going backwards one step and improving that or making a cut on that branch to try and improve the, the taper. It's really easy for your development and the development of your bonsai to stagnate. Um, it's not so much running out of ideas, but possibly not knowing what the possibilities are. And I think that um, the internet's like a coin. One side, it's fantastic for bonsai. It's lovely. It's great. You see so many, you get access to so much information, uh, so many great trees. But on the other side of the coin, you get access to so much wrong information and which, which could be disheartening, it could be negative, it could um, dampen your spirits just by one stupid little comment from, from a person who knows nothing about you, your trees, or what they're talking about, full stop. So um, I, I say you know, look to the internet for inspiration with a helmet on because you just need to be careful and, and make sure that you're not going to get hurt along the way. And um, you know, I, think, I think it's great not to, not to mimic, not to copy, not to duplicate, but to look for inspiration on things, and, and it's it's great. It's like reading magazines, you know, bonsai magazines. There's plenty of different ones out there in all different nationalities and languages. But I think getting that sort of stuff coming to your to your letterbox every month or every two months or whatever it is 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 a source of inspiration. You know, you should tear off that plastic and get into the pages straight away and have a look at the beautiful photos in there and. And you know, try and when you go to bonsai shows, look under the under the lid of the bonsais and have a look at their structure, and and think back to your own trees and and, and look at pushing things, you know, taking that next step as I, as I talked about a bit earlier. And I think that coming into where I want to want to take this podcast is, you know, I built I built bonsai matsu, which is predominantly um, a, a bonsai training school, and I built my business on three eyes to inspire to inform and to involve so i work on my own trees and customers trees and collections that sort of thing but really i use the the delivery method of, of instagram and facebook to show my trees as a source of inspiration okay, so so it might give people ideas that I'm, I'm talking about here and then through the classes and and through podcasts or whatever else it is that I can do, I, I try and inform and, and advise exactly how I, I practice bonsai and to pass on those techniques that I think are, you know, may be relevant. And then the last one, which I think is the most important, is to involve. You know, it's 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 not just sitting back and, and getting told what to do. It's it's being coached and and, and worked through um, the process, which is where you can take the next step. And I was talking to a, to a friend last night. And he's relatively new to, to bonsai. And I said the, the evolution that I see with bonsai is that it goes from from being just tell me what to do to, okay, so what do you think of this? To, okay, I've done this, what do you think? To, hey, have a look at this. And it's 
it's those steps that I, I really encourage people to take and not be reliant on a, on somebody or a mentor or a teacher or something like that to to always provide the information, but to, to reassure you and reaffirm um, what what you know to be right, but you just want that little bit of a, hey, are you sure? And that's where that's where a lot of the contact for me comes into it from a lot of people with, hey, you've got this, what do you think? It's, yeah, cool, I'm more than happy to help, more than happy to give you my, my two cents worth. It's really important not to, to remain insular with your bonsai. You know, get out to, to nurseries. You know, if you can't go to bonsai shows or you, you, know, you don't want to look on the internet, go out there, look at friends' collections. Go to, go to Bonsai Nurseries, try and get inspiration. Go to Japanese gardens around the place. Look at trees in the wild. Um, use the time not, not necessarily to, to buy stock when you go to nurseries, but just to, to maybe study techniques and designs, you know, because nurseries are great. Now, they might not be, you know, they might not be uh, finished-type trees. They might be stock trees that they've got there, but the techniques, where they've made the cuts, you know, for the trunk line and that sort of thing, I find nurseries are, are great at that sort of stuff. Speak to the speak to the people that are there and ask them what they do with this. How do they look after that tree? What do they do with that species? Do they get any issues with pest and disease? And you know they they they're dealing with this stuff twenty four seven. So pick their brains when you when you're in there and step in closer. Don't just look at the silhouette of trees and go that's pretty. Get into it, you know, and encourage family and friends to look at look at your trees too because you want to not only share the passion with them. But take someone, you know, it's like taking a step back and looking, looking in it, in it, something you've created. When you bring in family or friends, especially family, you know, they can be, they can be brutally honest, absolutely brutally honest. And there might be something in the tree that you've not considered before, or you're too close to it that you don't actually step back and look at it and go, well, you know what, that design feature or whatever it is that they've talked about, they don't like. I can fix that, and I can see that is a, an issue with this tree. So. You know, getting getting extra people involved and 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 you know, show them your passion, show them what you what you love. You know, be proud of, of what you of what you're doing. Might be something simple, something really really basic, something that you've looked at the tree and looked at it and looked at it and go, there's something about this. There's something on that tree that's just not right. I guarantee you. Pretty much, get get you know a partner. A, a sibling or a, a child to go out there and and they will uh, they'll be as honest as a sledgehammer in the back of the head they will uh, they will let you know exactly what they think is right or wrong with the tree don't take it as an insult take it as a as an opportunity to actually you know reassess the the design on your on your trees don't be upset about it art's subjective and bonsai every bonsai is unique no two are the same and no two people will look at the same tree and see everything the same. I'll look at it very differently, and that's that's the beauty of what we do. That's the beauty of bonsai. Images of our lives, souvenirs of the sun, colours so warm, so bright. Images of heroes, special pictures of the world, moments that meant so much. So the online world of, of bonsai, it's really important, I think, to, to peel back the curtain a little bit on the bonsais that you see. Um, don't just double, double tap it and, and move on, you know, scrolling through. 
whoever's put the photo up has put a lot of work into it, no matter whether it's a, a masterpiece or it's a beginner or whatever it is. You try and zoom in, try and have a look at the structure of the tree. One-dimensional photos are not going to be ideal, but if it's all you've got, you've got to use it. You know, It's another resource to build up your bonsai library, your arsenal when you look at your own trees or you get a chance to work on a, on a tree. Look at the techniques that have been used, um, especially on freshly styled stock. If you see someone that's worked on a piece of Yamadori, a wild collected tree or a piece of nursery stock and you know you you see a before and after and you think, wow, you know, don't just don't just wow and double tap or give it a like. Have a, have a zoom in, have a look and see what they've done. Try and get into the, the crux of what they've what they've done and how they've how they've bent branches or how they've moved things into place because some of it's pretty dramatic. I do caution it with the fact that you very often do not get to see the same trees a month later or even a week later or even a year later to see if they've survived the process. So a wow for a dead tree is probably not, not valid. Um, but have a look. Nonetheless, it's, it's really important, especially some of the overseas artists you know, um, and the more advanced, the more advanced guys do some some great stuff with the trees. So it's really nice to zoom in and have a look. Um, it's never as good as actually being being in the same room as the person when they when they're doing the work, or you know, hands on being shown the technique by somebody who's who's trained. But like I said, it's it's a start building up that knowledge that you've got, and having having a, a good mentor and educator can really accelerate. Your learning and, and personal development with your with your bonsai. So you want you want something consistent though. When you take the next step with your trees, it's it's really important that when you start start seeking out a mentor at a club or um, you know nursery or, or whatever it is, you've got to be very consistent with your approach. You can't you can't be looking at the um, the the approach that you use this week changing next week it's got to be consistent you know week on week year on year you know month after month after month you've got to be consistent with how you approach your trees that chop the the chopping and changing of, of of strategy and different methodologies you know there's always a different way to skin a cat but but with bonds i really encourage you just to be consistent with your path make sure that you're not jumping around with it so bring on spring we are we are a couple of days away, and you know, spring may be based around you know uh, length of length of the days and, and lunar cycles and all that sort of stuff. But I'm telling you now that when uh, when the first of September hits us here, it's going to look like winter was distant past. As I look out now amongst my trees, you know, there's a there's a green hue starting to form over the entire collection. Um, the deciduous are, are all looking quite nice. They're flowering, plum. Their, their, their petals are just about ready to open up and, and do a nice little show for everybody. So I always feel when spring comes around, it's like a clean slate. By the time you get to, to summer, your, your trees are exhausted. You know, maybe a, a mistake with watering your trees a couple of hours too late where the, the leaves may get burnt and damaged or... You know, a branch may have a little bit of dieback. You know, it hits 45 degrees and it's blowing a gale, but you're stuck in the car and you can't get home to water. Those sort of little, the little mistakes, when spring comes around, they're all long forgotten. 
with spring comes new growth, new possibilities, and your development of your trees gets gets going again. You know, your ramification takes that next step. You you you're pushing one step further forward. And the clock starts ticking as soon as spring gets here, and you've got to get ready to manage that growth. You know, you you've got to get into your into your head. Is it What's my plan for this tree? Am I developing the trunk? All right, let me let me grow out the branches. Am I developing branch thickness? All right, let me pick a sacrifice branch on that one and grow it out. Am I developing the ramification? Or I've got to get out there and start pinching the foliage when it pops out. You know, has it been really newly repotted? Do I need to let the growth go for a little bit first so the roots can establish themselves and then prune it back? It, it's all those things that you need to be ready for now. Don't don't trip across it. Don't make it something that you get surprised by because it's the time and be prepared with new growth comes the bugs comes the pest you know there's either there's prevention and there's there's management and you know i've I've recently sprayed my trees with a systemic fungicide insecticide in the last day just to make sure that when the the buds do all pop out when the when the leaves all open and, and everything starts going I've got the best possible chance of stopping too much permanent damage with that new growth and I get to use it for what I want and not for not for feeding colonies of bugs. If you think about bugs with your new growth on your trees being like a 10-year-old kid and all-you-can-eat ice cream buffet, once they know the gate's opened, they'll just come in hordes and they will start massive destruction on your trees so it's one of those things that you need to make sure that you know your morning coffee is out there and looking and being alert and making sure that you're on top of it it is a it is a tricky time and you know i'm not going to get into the the sprays and stuff like that because i think that's that's not for everyone to work out their environment and their situation um as to how how heavy you go with it um i do strongly recommend that you never use comfortable ever again um it had its time it's been used it's now been been shown to us not not to be controversial but it's it's having it has an impact on on the bee population so i don't use it and i don't think you need to i think there's definitely other other alternatives out there that you can that you can use enough said um so stop any infestations before they get out of hand make sure your daily care is you know, looking for new growth, looking for bugs. Do I need to spray individual trees? Do I need to get on and spray everything and stop it? You know, just be just be mindful that it is it is all about to start. So now's time to stop and smell the roses too. The flowering bonsai come into their own. Vast majority of them. You know, I got I got, I got quince that are that are opening. They just look magnificent. There's camellias. The azaleas seem to seem to be doing their thing as well. There's all the fruiting trees. I've got a magnolia, which is enormous. It's just beautiful with these these lovely big, you know, flowers that are the size of your head, which just look amazing. So take care and enjoy the uh, the time that we're about to step into as well. It is it can get busy, it can seem daunting, but don't let it be like that. Let it let it let it be positive. Let it be something that you you cherish, and and smell the roses. You know, the fragility of a, a cherry blossom's beauty is is why it's most prized, and it's only there for such a very short time. You know, so don't miss it. Don't miss don't miss a day going out amongst your trees. Don't miss a second out there looking at them. 
you know, I, I think I, I know bonsai have to be kept outside, but when you've got when you've got one that's um, flowering, bring inside. Let you let those those close to you, the ones that you love, see it and enjoy it. And then when it's finished, it's flowering session. Then by all means, you can you can put it back outside again. But but just makes it make the most of it. It's a great time of year. Bonsai comes into its own with all this beautiful, new, delicious growth, flowers. So enjoy yourself. Enjoy your bonsai. Thank you once again for for tuning in and taking the time to listen to me rabbit on. Um, I do really appreciate the the feedback that I get from a lot of people from all around the world. It's really nice, really encouraging, and I'm glad that in some way um, my humble approach to bonsai is, is hitting a chord with with quite a few people and. And that um, that I'm possibly spurring spurring people on to to enjoy their bonsai a little bit more. So please uh, please stay in touch uh, via Facebook or Instagram via the website bonsaimatsu.com. And uh, until next time, enjoy spring if if you're in this part of the world. If you're not, enjoy autumn. You've got some got some great times coming ahead too. If you're in the northern hemisphere, make the most of every second with your bonsai and and, and keep looking at taking that next step forward. Until next time, happy bonsai.